What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson. To my far right, once again, Ashton Bersio. Ashton, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man. It's a different morning. I know. It's good to see you. Um, Mark Carey is not here, ladies and gentlemen. And so joining us today for the first time, and hopefully not the last, we'll, she, we'll see if she's a... Uh, done with us by the end of this recording but uh jennifer fitzpatrick hi how are you i'm great good thanks good. for asking me to be here absolutely are you excited are you nervous yes okay. and yes have you done anything like this before no i have talked to people before sure okay. so good. i'm good and that's, yeah that's basically yeah. what it is it's really the only prerequisite yeah oh that's what it a relief. Yep. have yep. a voice that's yep. that's it um we could awesome. even make some conditional people for mutes and people who oh, can't yeah. speak oh. Yeah. oh for sure um yeah, so before we jump into kind of what we normally do here, Jennifer, uh-huh. with Sermon Spotlight stuff, I, I almost felt led to just kind of do a little bit of an introduction with you so our listeners can get to know you. I'm sure um, many have already recognized you at this point, uh, but I have a couple questions for you Sure. Okay, to, to break the ice. Um, so the first one is, uh, what is one thing you appreciate about Fellowship Bible Church? Um, I appreciate um, how much time people have spent with me here to help mm. me to know Christ better. Mm. And um, I also appreciate that they love to actually get into Scripture and talk about it and think about um, the meanings that it has. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost an authentic discipleship yeah. using Scripture, yeah. but meeting everybody in the real world. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's cool. Uh, if you could choose just one area of FBC ministry to serve in, what area would it be and why? That was really tough because I do, I really, I love doing small groups and I love uh, biblical counseling and we have a community group, but I, I would, I don't know, anywhere I can be an encouragement to anyone sure. just to go around and. And I realize that's an unfair question. No. Yeah. Like you can, I you can only serve in one place that. in this yeah. church for the rest of your life. <laughs> right. it, Welcome a, to a, prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. You're stuck here. Uh, okay. And then uh, last one here. In a one word response, what has Jesus been teaching you lately and why did you choose that word? Um, To yield. And yield. Yes. Mm. And okay. the reason I chose it is because um, in... In Hebrews, it talks about um, when you get chastised, you have to, it's to yield um, peaceful fruit of righteousness. And then Mm. when I went into James chapter three, it talks about wisdom from above, Mm. um, being gentle, but it's also yielding. And I think it's just that I have to, it's like I can really easily think about all the negative things, Mm. like how there could be dead air on this podcast or, (laughs) you know, (laughs) awkward silence. And Uh I just... I guess that's me like sort of uh, shining a light around seeing, you know, the future as I I think it could go instead of just saying Uh Christ is in charge of my day and Mm -hmm. having faith in that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The, Don't worry, the, Caleb will fill any dead air. Oh, it's it's, it's and I, I told her this before we recorded. It's exclusively my fault. You know what I mean? If anything yeah. goes wrong at all, all eyes on me. I and, think uh, we should try to prove that and test them. Let's just sit and wait. Yeah. Uh, I, I put this bonus question in here, and you and I actually just met. Yes. Um, and, and I know your, your son well through youth group and stuff, but would you rather host a podcast with Ashton or with Caleb? No, that's so tough. I don't think I should break you guys up. It would be like, uh, I knew it. I knew I think she the God the Father answer is and Caleb. Jesus. I knew right? she wasn't going to answer. I was hoping, an awkward breakup. I was she would. Uh, but, well, luckily, you don't have to. At first, I was like, I think I phrased that question. I'm, I'm worried mm-hmm. she's going to think I'm going to ask her to take one of our spots. And okay, you'll be hosting from here on out <laughs> yeah. each and every week. Um, no, no I was. I think I was asked yeah. to take sides. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any future fights, I would. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Um, 
So Mark isn't here. I know. You know what I mean? We yeah. can do whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. And, and oh I thought, gosh. what are the chances he listens to this? Oh, slim. slim. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. I, I, I almost want to instill. I was. You guys can debunk this if you don't like it. I was going to give him a challenge through the audio of this podcast, and we'll just see if he does it. Yeah. And I'm, I almost want him to maybe approach me or you and, and say something, almost like a code word or something, so we know if he, in fact, listened or not. Ooh, that's good. What yeah. what what should that be? Because hmm. I was thinking, and I was in my car alone thinking this. Uh, this is intentional, okay? If he could just approach me, shake my hand, or high-five me, and just say, I love pumpernickel bread. That's it. <laughs> oh, That's yeah. That's it. Because it has to stand out. It can't be right. a regular phrase, or else I'd be like, I can't tell if right. that was natural or not. So, Mark Carey. And nobody tell him this, by the way, too. That's cheating. That really is. If he, there's no way yeah. he listens to this. <laughs> uh, Mark, if you high-five me and say, I love pumpernickel bread, lunch is on me, buddy. Thank wow. you for listening. Um, okay, well, speaking of Mark, why don't we go ahead and dive into a, a Sunday in review, a weekend in review here yeah. at Fellowship Bible Church, where we get to debrief everything that the congregation um, has done so far. Um, and so going through um, this series, uh, reading out of Matthew chapter 9, um, Jesus' interaction with with who he's eating with and who he's calling to to follow him, um, Ashton, I'll come your way first, and then Jennifer. What what stood out to you uh, in the passage, or what what Mark was saying this weekend? Well, I love this story. I mean, this is something that, and maybe we can get into it later. But mm-hmm. th- this is something that I I have struggled with, mm-hmm. um, especially these past seven years of being on staff, and mm-hmm. and even before then. But uh, like, I look back to my time at at George Mason, um, secular school, huge amount of student population that were not believers and the tendency to retreat to mm. um, circles of people that you're comfortable with of like-minded of um, and then at the same time almost like oh why is that person hanging out with that person you know mm. like what why is he doing that you know and and this this mindset is so contrary to what Christ's attitude was to people and um, I, I think it was a uh, just a really great challenge to our congregation here. Um, uh, very poignant, very, uh, very direct conviction, even on my part of like, what am I doing to eat with sinners? What am I doing to pursue people who aren't within my circles? And right. am I way too comfortable in, in my current environment? Um, so yeah, that's really good. Mm. Jennifer, what about you? Anything in particular? Um, I I guess I just thought that um, when he was in the room with um, the tax collectors, the mafia people, he mm. actually, they actually saw him and they followed him. Mm. And so it means in some way they beheld the Savior and they wanted that in their lives. Mm. And um, the Pharisees, they also saw him, but they didn't. Mm. They only wanted to argue or question, you know? Right. And so it's like we have an opportunity to see Christ, to, to know him. And there's a whole world out there that if they could really see who he is, mm. would would want him. You know. Well, and I love Matthew's response. I don't know what the time frame was between right. when Jesus called Matthew and then yeah. when that dinner happened, but it almost feels pretty pretty quick, mm-hmm. like a pretty quick turnaround that Matthew experienced Christ. He made the decision to follow him and then yeah. immediately wanted to tell all of his friends and wanted to bring them into yeah. that. And, you know, we don't know really what happened to the, the people that 
he met with or had dinner with, you know, maybe, right. maybe nothing happened there yeah, mm. or maybe all of them gave up their possessions and, and followed him. But that's not really the point uh, of right. that, that story. But yeah, I mean, just the, the response of Matthew to his friends mm. and to his, his coworkers. Well, and even just what you said, Jennifer, a couple minutes ago about that, that word yield uh, and how it's impacted you and in, in your personal devotional life. I mean, you see a group of people that are choosing to yield and be with Jesus, and mm-hmm. then you see a group of people who aren't yielding to him. They're actually judging him and condemning him for it. Right. Um, and Ashton, I like what you said just about your time at George Mason and experiencing those different circles. I, clicks are natural, yeah. we, we find. Um, we don't talk about them like they are, but they totally are. We have these circles we get in, and it might get as redundant and as routine as an area of ministry in a church. Right. Well, and it's not a bad thing. Like the the tendency right. is to go to, to go ditching or on either side. It's exclusive. Right. So, like, you don't want to dismiss community and and the sure. fellowship of believers and the encouragement that that brings. But mm. when you sacrifice the you know relational pursuit of non-believers mm-hmm. and of people in real friendships and relationships, then you're doing something that's not Christ-like and mm. that, that wasn't modeled. Mm. That's good. Yeah. It's just cool because it, it, it was a relational pursuit of people, not an evangel- like evangelism right. pursuit. Right. Um, and, and even the way the narrative reads of, okay, Jesus is calling Matthew to follow him. Like, so Matthew's following Jesus into his own living room. Like, what, what does that look like as far mm. as, you know, what was the difference between these dinners and stuff? But it's just he's doing life alongside people and exposing them mm. to him. To truth, and, and to to understand the, the commentary of that is, you know, Pharisees are immediately going to say like Jesus, why are you gravitating towards them? And he's saying, I'm giving them an opportunity to gravitate towards me. You don't need to worry about me meandering or wondering mm. from the truth of who I am. And um, and then obviously it kind of comes to the head there towards the end of, of the passage. The passage Mark dove into, uh, namely like nine through thirteen. Um, Starting in verse 12, on, on hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick, uh, in response to the Pharisees asking. And, and it's funny because they're asking the disciples. They're not even interested in interacting with Jesus. It's, it's more of a, why, why is your boy yeah. over there interacting with these people? Um, and he says, not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what do we think? Is, is the take-home message there? Why why was that Jesus' response, and, and how are we called to to process it similar to, to the Pharisees? Um, I sort of think, you know, you have to be willing to uh, see the log in your own eye, in a way. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you, you're called to um, recognize that there's always a need for, sure. to, to have God in your life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's good. For sure. Yeah, to, to me, it, it, it speaks to what is your standard or your measure for righteousness? And, you know, God, Jesus calls it out right at the end there. I've not come to call the righteous. And the irony is you're identifying yourself, you Pharisees, as righteous. Um, by whose standard? By, by your own? By you comparing yourself to tax collectors or sinners? Um, and it, it's funny to read it, it, reading it as a Christian or as somebody, you know, on staff at a church and super involved in ministry, you just immediately put yourself in the role of the disciples. I'm a disciple. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But you forget, like, by standards, I'm also was a tax collector and a sinner. This is the gospel living out, and (laughs) Jesus is giving those people the time of day where they don't necessarily deserve it. 
Um, and, and so it's cool to, to be reflective to the point of putting yourself in the different people's shoes yeah. of the encounter. I just think that that's really cool. I don't know, Ashton, anything else? Um, well, so I, was, I was reminded of a, a, a social media post we did this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that Mark, you know, we didn't know that Mark was going into this particular sure. passage, this message, but, um, you know, I'll, we'll put it up on the screen. But the, the, the post said, there are zero exceptions to Christ's command to love your neighbor. No religious exceptions, no sexuality exceptions, no ethnic exceptions. There isn't even an enemy exception. God calls us to stand for what is right, but never to hate those we perceive as wrong. So I just love that. Um, and, you know, the, we post stuff like this pretty regularly. So if you're not, if you haven't liked our Facebook page or our Instagram account yet, um, there's some great encouraging stuff that we, we put up there. But, um, you know, that that was Christ. Um, Christ was not sitting in condemnation of Matthew's friends. Um, Mm. But he wasn't condoning by spending time with them. Mm. You know, just by having dinner with him doesn't mean that he was saying, yeah, you guys' lifestyle is great. Yeah. But what he was doing was loving them and revealing himself to them and um, and ultimately revealing God the Father to them uh, Mm. through his time there. And that's what we're called to, too. Um, Right. Yeah, it makes me think, you know, even even if I have dinner, if, if we got together and had dinner, there would be things that we're doing that isn't what Christ has called us to do in mm. ways we're not walking with him where we mm. should be, mm. you know, right. but it's still OK, you yeah. know, for us to <laughs> right. be community together, you know. Right. And if we live by yeah. that standard, yeah. community group dinners wouldn't shouldn't exist. Right. Broken, broken people shouldn't be interacting with each other. Yeah, you know, you're 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 praying Jesus' name over a dinner with broken people. Yes, we are. Of course, we are. There's no way not to. Yeah. Uh, but it just again, it be- beats you over the head with the need for the gospel and the humility that comes from that. Um, and that that phrase of "I desire mercy, not sacrifice." Um, that that word, that that sacrifice word, it, it's a buzzword to the religious leaders, to the tradition, to the idea of religion and being right in the eyes of God. Yeah. And it's not saying sacrifice is not important. I mean, the modern day application of that is how do you sacrifice your time, your money? Um, but desire mercy, right. de- desire love and, and right. grace and to walk humbly and love love justice in a little bit different of a way, like right. Micah 6 talks about. And, um, and well, and it's that mercy that, and there's, you know, in Scripture, mercy triumphs over judgment. Right. So right. when we're living that merciful, compassionate life mm. with a real, a right view of ourselves mm. and our own flesh and our own sinfulness and what we've been given, um, when we're experiencing mercy, that mercy allows us to move past judgment in a, in a relational way, in, in a in a way that allows us to to be in relationship with anyone. It could be anyone. Uh, there's there's no exceptions to. Right. Christ's command to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. One, one thing I wrote down here, Mark kind of mentioned this using a little bit different um, verbiage, but spiritual deadness is identifying as alive without Christ. And so the Pharisees are, are living that out. They're mm-hmm. demonstrating what it looks like to identify as we're spiritually alive. We're in tune with, we're right by God, um, but they're, they're identifying as being alive without Jesus. They're, they're separate from him. And, and so to, to really think about that and, and, and realize, um, he also said again, um, we, we can never be too bad to get to heaven, mm-hmm. but we can be too good. That, uh, that idea of, of what is that goodness in our eyes? Are we trying to work to earn that favor? Um, 
we get twisted. If we have a passion for the Lord and we understand what Christ did, that's good. But if we twist that into, okay, so where do I go from here? Where can I go from here? Yeah. We lose it, right? Do we do we lose the the response we're supposed to have for Christ hmm. in that way? I feel like we do. I think that, that and that's not just something that non-believers mm-hmm. think that we can't, we can never be too bad to get him. We can be, can be too good. Like that's not something that's just non-believers can't be too good. Right. But I think sometimes we can think that oh, yeah. we can be good. I mean, and we bring that into this, right. this Christian walk that, mm. um, and, and maybe that's where the, where this whole idea comes from of, of self-righteousness and, um, spending time with, you know, only spending time with believers. And mm. I don't know. That's good. All right, well, I have a couple, unless there's any more points we want to talk about the sermon that spoke out to us. Um, but there's a couple of discussion questions I want to go yeah. through. Um, what do modern-day Pharisees look like and sound like? Again, you know, we have to read read these, get the biblical and cultural context of these scriptures, and then we have to make that jump, you know? We have to pivot into our life and, and what that looks like. So so what what do Pharisees look like and sound like nowadays? I don't know, Jennifer, if you have any... I, I really Thomas. thought about this a lot, and I'm I'm not sure. If you mean within our church, I, there's so many different factions within the church. It <laughs> right. would it would depend. Like some people, even in our church, I think would feel like you know you got to wear dresses, you got to mm. wear your Sunday suit. But that's like a tiny group within our church. You mm. know, most of us are dressing pretty casually. I I wonder if it's something like. Um, I really know scripture well. I can tell you all the Greek and the Hebrew, mm. but I don't, and I apply it to your life, but I probably mm. won't apply it to my life, except right. for in the areas I'm naturally good at these things. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not where I'm uncomfortable walking with Christ. Yeah. You know? Huh. I so. agree. I mean, I think that that's a pretty common, this like consumption of knowledge, but, but yeah. not allowing the, the knowledge of God to really move us towards Christ-likeness mm-hmm. and towards... Um, compassion and mercy, like we just talked about, mm. but this kind of just building up of of our heads, and I, I can see that, and I think that that's probably. I mean, that's what the Pharisees they were debating these truths. They they knew the Scripture, they knew the Old Testament, mm. but there was something that didn't click, that didn't transfer to to mm. the heart and to to relational living. That's good. Yeah. And then Jennifer, you brought up a good point. I mean, what. What lens do we look at this through? Do, are we supposed to look in the church to find Pharisees? And I, I think it's a good question because to non-believers or to the world, I'm sure churches are the Pharisees. Mm. Oh, you're religious. Oh, you yeah. go to church. Um, that <laughs> that If you ask, what, what does that look like and sound like to you? I was like, well, it sounds like somebody who goes to church and believes in God. I don't. But if you look into the church, into the body of believers, I, it's the same problem. You're going to have those different spheres and different people that— you know, whether they're intentional about that or not, whether they realize it or not, they're struggling with that. They're, they're falling victim to, to uh, we use bud, buzzwords like rules and regulations a lot or, or you know, law-based mm-hmm. expectations. But I, I think it's more just an expectation and a habit that, that people can be hard to break. And so I, I like what you said about we, we are such a good Bible church. That's true. And offer a tremendous amount of curriculum and knowledge and the ability to attain that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of it is then individually empowered to apply it. And that's something we've talked about on, on Sermon Spotlight before yeah. and why we wanted to start this was what would it look like for somebody to listen on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or whenever they hear this and 
and maybe find an extra spark on how they could apply that sermon mm-hmm. or they could see how somebody else applied it you know yeah. um, we, we have these voices in this this community that we're truly blessed by but I think getting getting past that and, and again what you said Jennifer not just using our gifts oh I, I'm not gonna focus on Christ in that realm because I'm bad at it well I promise you Christ is good at it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> But he'll look good and maybe I won't. Maybe I'll right. look clumsy and awkward when I can mm-hmm. just sort of sail in this other direction. And right. that's what I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a human tendency. You you want to thrive. We right. just did a campaign about the word of God yeah. thriving. And yeah. I bet a lot of people, even myself included at sometimes, were motivated to thrive ourselves <laughs> in the yeah, campaign. Right. Oh, how am I contributing to the Thrive campaign? Okay, I need to do it well. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> you just need to do it. Right. You look at the way Jesus talked. The Pharisees used way more words than Jesus. They yeah. quoted way more wise readings than Jesus. He, he wasn't intellectually driven. He could intellectually trump anybody, but he was emotionally driven. He was relationally driven. He was calm and, and, and patient in that. And so it's so cool to, again, I, I've talked with Ashton about this, but whenever we come across these Jesus encounters, I love to say, what can I learn from the way Jesus handled it? What can I learn from the way the people he was talking to handled it? And what can I learn from the people watching? There's always mm-hmm. those three areas of like, That's whoa, true. in Jesus' shoes, in that person's shoes, and in those people, like the, the shoes of those people. I think it's it's really cool. Um, I think this is a, a fluid thing a lot of the times for us, too, is, mm-hmm. as far as who are the Pharisees. Because I think that I can flow in and out of Pharisaical thinking right. and action. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to say like, well, this group of people is the Pharisees nowadays, and this one is the disciples, and these are the tax collectors. But it's really, it's more well, fluid yeah. than that, you know. Uh, right. I, I can drift into that, oh, that yeah. as well. And it's an ironic question because it could pivot directly into an application question of what have I done Pharisaical? Like, it, it looks like and sounds like me sometimes. Probably mm-hmm. we do it. We do these things. It it it, it happens, especially with. Uh, you know, a heart and desire for God. We, we crave God to the point where we end up craving knowledge about him or, or seeing him do this something specific in our life instead of craving him himself. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the, the, slippery, the slippery slope for people. Um, and, and so it's helpful to think, okay, well, what, how am I behaving or acting um, in, in a way that mimics the way they handle that? What are you doing interacting with those people? What are you doing not interacting with those people? Yeah. Well, and I think Mark did a good job of oh, yeah. of pushing people to figure out what that application is. And it's going to be different for everybody. And, and right. I've been wrestling with that too, you know, like, cause I am, I am on staff. I've been on staff for seven years. I don't, in this you know situation in my life, the last seven years, I came on staff. I got married. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there are things that prevent me in my mind and in my comfort of reaching out and um, developing relationships outside of my current circles. And that's something that I really have to wrestle with. And, um, it's something that I am wrestling with. I don't have the answer for it, but I think that that is something that everyone listening and everyone in our church really needs. If we are going to be an impact in our community, in this little area of earth that mm-hmm. God has allowed us to minister in, and then in our, individually, the people here in their circles of what, whether they're at work or whether they're at home or whether they're you know, wherever they go, thinking Christ-like in in their interactions with with everyone and in any situation, and that's going to require um, hmm. you to be pretty uncomfortable in in a lot of areas. I think I slip into comfort. You know, I sure. 
when it's seven o'clock and my kids are down and it's been a long day and I just want to sit on the couch and I just want to be on my phone and I just want to, you know, spend time with Sarah and, you know, what would it look like to take that, you know, hour or two before I have to go to bed and, and say, bye, Sarah, I'm going to get burgers with Caleb. (laughs) Uh, It would take a lot. It would probably take a lot. I feel that way too. I feel like whenever my kids are in bed, parenting is done. Hmm. And I mm. shouldn't be a parent anymore. They mm. don't have the right to come down. They don't need to talk to me anymore. <laughs> I'm probably the biggest Pharisee with my children. Yeah. I was thinking of like, where am I huh. the most a Pharisee? Mm. And it's when I'm like, Thomas, your room is a mess. And it's like, my room is like a war zone, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> I feel bad. Uh, that's funny. Sarah, I was just kidding. Ashton can stay home with you. He doesn't need to get burdened with me. I, I feel I like she would. Okay. Um, I was afraid of her. It's a healthy fear. It's a great fear. It's, yeah. a, it's a healthy fear and respect. Yeah. It's respect. <laughs> she demands respect, oh, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so, Jennifer, what do you think is, is a helpful mindset for, for somebody to have um, when they're figuring out how to get more involved in a church, like, for example, Fellowship Bible Church, or mm-hmm. maybe signing up to serve in a program? Um, that, that we're putting on. Um, what, what do you think is a, a helpful thing for them to realize as far as their heart posture for executing something that, that the church is planning? I, I'm i not sure exactly I understand your question, okay. but I'm just going to jump in. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think maybe just being open to whatever God has. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Mm. Like if you, I mean, obviously you have spiritual gifts. So if you're not gifted right. to teach and you're teaching, that's going to not work very well. Mm. But sometimes God calls you to be in places where you you didn't plan on being, you know? So mm. maybe just being willing to say, I do belong here or I don't belong here. Yeah. Um, I once, um, for the Women in the Word Bible study, I thought I could sing. And I was I was in group <laughs> choirs. Uh-huh. This was four people, and they needed me to harmonize, which mean I, means I tried. Yeah. And I was off key every single week for two years, <laughs> you know, because I felt like it's my duty. And, right, right. You know, but I wasn't gifted at all there. And they uh-huh. were so nice to me. Yeah. You know, but it was definitely probably pretty painful. That's too yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah I mean, so. I, I think you nailed it. I think the importance of, of going into it's church function that we have to experience the freedom and rejuvenation of Christ in. And that's why it's easy to think like a Pharisee and act like a Pharisee because we have a structure in place um, and we have all these things that need to get done, but not letting it be about works or about performance. And instead saying, I'm going to serve up to do this. I'm going to get trained to do it in this way, but then I'm going to let go and whatever the Lord does with it. Well, and I don't want to. I don't want to come in and like yeah. derail your question, but no, I sure. want to kind of turn it around. And we talked about this last week about serving, mm-hmm. and so yeah. when I say this, I'm all for serving and getting plugged in and right. things. But a lot of times, I think we expect we we think about outreach and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it, you know building relationships with people as you inviting someone to come here or right. or. Right. to come to follow the star or to come with you to church or to come with you to, you know, X, Y, Z when mm. the reality, I think that we need to have maybe a mind shift of Christ didn't have Matthew and the tax collectors collectors come to the synagogue. He didn't right. invite them to the synagogue. Right. He went into their house and had dinner with them in their house. Mm. And uh, I think we have a tendency, maybe it's because it's easier to invite someone to come with you and be rejected in that way than it is to go and say, Hey, when can we, you know, when can we go and do something that you enjoy? When can we, you know, when can we go and grab a beer 
at a, at a bar, you know, when can we go and spend time together or uh, whatever the situations are endless, but the the mindset of turning that around and, you know, serving is great. We're called to serve. Um, I'll plug our, we just launched the new spiritual gifts test online. It's fpcva.life slash spiritual gifts. There's an assessment there. You can figure out where you're gifted and, and use that, use that in the church, build up the church, edify the church. And that's awesome. But Mm -hmm. relationally, I think we need to have a little bit of a, a, a right. mindset shift. When the reason to serve in anything like a church function or a program is because you want to serve other people. You want to serve people. Yeah. And and I like what you said, Ash, and I think we tend to lean, oh, if it's home field advantage, I'll serve. Yeah. If it's an FBC <laughs> function where I'm comfortable or I can invite somebody and then have somebody else witness to them, you mm. know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, just come to follow the star. I did my job. No, you didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, follow the star is going to do it. That's great. But have an away game once in a while. Travel, <laughs> be, be, give them the comfort. You know what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, you, you watch any sports game at all that the home field is they're They're comfy. They're mm-hmm. confident in where they're at, but they get to see and experience that other team and, and figure out what, what their tactic is. And I just think our impact, it, it exponentially grows. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing I've talked with Ashton a little bit about is like, through, you know, I was born into this church, been here my entire life. And we're, we're very good at opening the doors and, and hoping people come in them. But what mm. would it look like for us to bust them open and walk out of them mm. a, a little bit more? How you'd can have we do to, that? You'd have to want to be with you. Like Jesus wanted to be with right. all of Matthew's yeah. friends. You can't just say, hello, I'm a Christian and need to evangelize. May I come into... <laughs> right. I need friends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> can you be my friend now? It's really for Christ. And if but, it's begrudgingly... Yeah. I mean, fat chance. Yeah. You're yeah. not even excited enough about God. To, to get to that person. I, I've, I've struggled with that before where mm-hmm. um, even somebody in my life recently, a, a relatively hard person to be around, a, a, a coworker um, in another job. And man, it was to the point where I was so frustrated and then I just felt convicted. And so I, I walked past him um, in our store and I said, you know, God loves you out of nowhere. And then we ended up getting on this huge conversation. But what I had to make a mental decision about was I'm struggling to love this person, but I, I want to love Christ enough to get out there and do it and, and feel motivated by the gospel. Not that I have to do it, not that the church is calling me to do it, yeah. but like, Jesus, you're here with me. Let's do this thing. And I, I think our impact grows when we spread. I think that's a pretty simple, yeah. simple thing to understand. I think that's like um, a natural outpouring of, because I love Christ, that's going to come out when I spend time with people. So mm, actually, right. I was talking to a friend and both... Um, my friend and myself can be with non-Christians, can be with others, but it's almost like we were really hesitant to bring up Jesus. Like I could go, mm. I could have a beer, and then I would just go home. Mm. And it's like, in a way, I'm denying my mm. love for Christ. I'm denying a major part of me. Mm. Right. But I, I get so intimidated. I'm, you know, mm. you right. know, or yeah. and, and then that just feels like I'm not really their friend then because I'm mm. really not talking about something really, mm. someone really important to me. Mm. And we, you know, we forget that. Jesus has already won. We forget that he is more powerful than what we come up against. You know, we, we, we feel lesser. We feel like we're that religious person. We're going to be labeled as different. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and God is saying, yes, you will. In, in the best of ways. Um, it, it's a good thing that you are. And it, it's a, there's a C.S. Lewis quote I'm not going to butcher, but he basically talks about Christians are, are weird in the best of ways. Like they're different in a very important way. Mm-hmm. And you want to catch somebody's eye of, What's different about that person? And it, you want it to be Jesus. You want them to, mm. if you're doing that, 
for we're called to let go of ourselves. They're not they're not supposed to recognize you or judge you. You want and Mark does this each and every week. We're called to make a judgment about Christ. Hmm. Get them to Christ. Get them to the foot of the cross, and that's it. You're a vehicle. We're we're a vehicle in those moments, but obviously we feel like we're the subject or we're the standard or we're the righteousness. Yeah. Um, and he, he's worth seeing. Right. He's worth looking at. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Not us. Uh, right. We never are. Yeah. Um, and so to have that mindset, I mean, again, that's just a huge mental shift. Um, if we're not careful, Ash and I on this podcast will say everything. Oh, you just got to do the mental shift. Like we say it all the time. Like, yeah, you just got to flip the switch. Think about Jesus more. But then we go and by lunchtime, neither of us have even come close to doing that. It's hard. And it just know? sounds like a weird Christian saying, yeah. right. oh, flip oh, the yeah. switch. Now oh, yeah. all yeah. the people right. are like, what? There's your application, kids. Go home and flip the switch. Be like Jesus. But it's like, oh, like what? And, and so, yeah. yeah, again, you know, chase a devotional life. Do right by the knowledge you're receiving in this church. Do right by it. Live it out. Um, all, all of that knowledge Jesus is tying to living and loving, learning without living and loving, waste of time. Um, and, and so I think to to iron that out is good. Um, any other thoughts or anything to no. to share? I know you got to get out of here soon. So. I do. That's yeah. right. You do. you yeah. got to go teach some kids. That's awesome. That's right. All right, Ashton, what can we point people towards before we get out of here? Well, just real quick, uh, we're a week out from Christmas Eve oh, yeah. service. Uh, so next Tuesday, 11, 5, and 7 p.m. Um, if you're interested in serving in, in one of those hours, we still have some needs for um, mm-hmm. nursery, preschool, welcoming people at the door. Um, we talked about it last week, but uh, feel free to reach out to us, fpcva.life. Um, and yeah, it'll be a fun time. Are we doing Sermon Spotlight next week? Probably not, right? Christmas Eve. Do you want to meet on Christmas Eve? Do you want to see me on Christmas Eve? We can hang out and record a podcast. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, thank you so much. Thank you so much for, being for asking here. me. That it was is, fun. That is so awesome. It was nice it's of been you. truly great. Remember, guys, you guys can reach out to us over at fbcva.life slash Sherman Spotlight um, to share your thoughts and be a part of the show. Again, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify and Apple and all that good stuff. Thank you guys so much. Uh, the fact of the matter, Ashton and Jennifer, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. <laughs>